Trinity Dallas. We pray that this message will be a source of encouragement and hope in your life today. Enjoy today's message. You know, God is awesome. You want to make a plan for your life. You want to follow God. You just got to hold on tight. Write it in pencil. I could just sit in this atmosphere all night. So I want to do a couple things before I preach to you tonight because I think it, God's given me a couple of couple of moments before I do that. And one of them is I want to honor my worship pastor, Pastor Joe Hellick. You know, she's not, <laughs> she's not just my worship pastor. She's one of my dearest, closest friends I've ever had in my whole life. And we came from Atlanta and we've got a house over in some area. It's beautiful. It's all these crazy, gorgeous houses. And we're all together in the house and we're having a great time and making charcuterie boards and having a good time and talking about the services and talking about Pastors Joe and Nancy and talking about Matthew and Jane and talking about what we're doing. But when you look around the room, most of the time you don't see Pastor Joe because she's not busy with having fun all the time. She's up in a room diving into the word. She's repairing set lists and she's praying and asking God to use her how he desires for her to be used. And she lives with such determination to see the goodness of God in the land of the living that she refuses to sacrifice that goal for any other goal in her life. And when you live like that, you create atmospheres like this. It's not because Joe is amazing, it's because God is amazing. And when you welcome God into your world, hold on tight. God brought this quote to mind as I was worshiping in and preparing for the message about three minutes ago. It's from the little prince, um, a French really children's book. And the author says this, he says, if you wanna build a ship, don't drum up men to gather wood, divide the work and give orders. Instead, teach them to yearn for the vast and endless sea. If you wanna know what it looks like to experience, not just know about, if you wanna know what it looks like to live, not just hear about, If you wanna know what it means to be transformed by the living God, not just sing songs, then you need to get around people like Pastor Joe and Pastor Joe and Dave Larley over there. If you haven't been to one of the noon services, can I just challenge you? I don't know what you're doing, but if you can cancel it, cancel it. You need to get to one of those noon services. I came from Atlanta for five days and spent $7,000 so that I can be a part of the noon service. If I can do that, I'm telling you, you can do it too. It's not so it can get more crowded. I don't need you there. I'm having a great time all by myself. 
but I'm not here to give you a great message. I'm here to paint a picture for you, to give you a vision of the vast and endless sea that is the love of God that wants to be made manifest in your life. I'll come every time I'm invited. And I, I, frankly, I wasn't invited. <laughs> I just told Joe I was coming. And about a week beforehand, I said, hey, me, we're, I'm bringing about 10 people. He said, he texted me back, he said, Jeff, I am suddenly overwhelmed. Because I just said, I got it. Cooper and I came last year and we left. I said, Cooper, next year we're coming for the whole week and I'm bringing as many people as I can. Because your pastors are weird. I've been in lots of churches, I've been in lots of meetings, I've been in church my entire life, and I've never met someone so dependent on the power of God in their life than Joe and Nancy Martin. I don't wanna be one of his best pastor friends, I just wanna be one of his best friends. And he shows me all the time, because the thing is, I'm, I'm always going off course. Pastor Joe was showing me all the time, and Pastor Joe was showing me all the time. I was in a meeting with Joe a few months ago, and I was leading this group of about 30 pastors that had gathered in, a, in, a, in kind of a discipleship meeting, and it was the morning, and we were all having this worship moment, much like this was, and your Pastor Joe got up, and he said, 7 a.m. in the, the hills of Austin, and he said, I've got a prophetic word for all of you. And he just says, Pastor Joe does, he just let it hang. The quiet spaces, they can be terrifying. Because when you let God read your heart, he can read you like no one else in the world. And Joe says, I got a prophetic word for this whole room. Caitlin, you were there. He said, lighten up. That's the best prophetic word, Pastor Joe, I've gotten in the last year. We need to lighten up on all the stuff we're doing <laughs> to pursue an end that isn't, isn't even the right direction. We need to lighten up on all the things we think are so important and reframe our whole lives, not by tasks and, and programs, but with a vision. Reform our whole lives around a picture of what it looks like to be a follower of Christ. Because if we can get the vision, the rest of the pieces will fall into place. If we can get the vision, if we can get the, our eyes set, Paul says, set your eyes on the things of heaven. If you can do that, if you get your eyes in the right direction, I believe that the Holy Spirit will help you get to where God's got for you to go. But if you get your eyes off course, if you get your eyes caught on your finances, which is my big problem, get your eyes caught on your promotion, you get your eyes caught on maybe a relationship, you get your eyes caught on exercise, you get your eyes caught on your kids, sometimes you can start worshiping your kids more than you worship your savior. 
I've taught my son to drive a few years ago. That's a terrifying experience. You wanna get saved, just teach a teenager how to drive. This is what happens when you first learn to drive. You get in the car and you start driving and it's a straight road. I love Dallas. You can get some straight roads in Texas. Get a straight road, but it doesn't matter how straight the road is. If you find something exciting on the side of the road and you go, hey, look at that. Your hand starts to turn off the road. I Cooper, eyes on the road. Dad, it's not about rules. It is today, buddy. It is today. And life is just like that. We've got our eyes set in the right direction. God can take care of the details. But we get our eyes off the plan of God for something, and listen, something beautiful. Like a spouse or a child or a job or a ministry. We take our eyes off the most important person. God will never ask you to sacrifice your kids. As you worship him, as you seek him, he will take care of your kids. So tonight I wanna ask you to change. <laughs> I wanna ask you to shift. I wanna ask you to redirect your eyes. Because if I just preach a good message, and I, I think I can do that pretty well. If I just come in here and I preach a good message and I get you fired up for one night, tomorrow morning you will go back and things will be exactly the same as they were. That's not what I want for you and it's certainly not what I want for me. But I wanna walk you tonight through the first half of Paul's letter to the Ephesians and I wanna show you something that isn't my idea, isn't what I think makes sense and it certainly isn't the way the American church tends to work, but it's a truth that if we can get it established in our lives and in our hearts, we can discover, listen, we can discover something brand new tonight I don't care how long you've been in church. I don't care what you've seen, what you've done, where you've been, how well you know the word, what you've experienced in worship. I don't care how many prophetic words you've given. I don't care what you've seen in missions all around the world. You can get a hold of this tonight. You will find a brand new, a brand new vision of what it means to be a follower of Christ and by extension a person who swims in the oceans of God's love can I just tell you that is the greatest thing you will ever experience in your life I love your pastors I'm so honored to be with you and I, I gotta tell you I honestly I, I'm here because I think when I see your pastors I see that vision a little clearer. And so I'm honored to partner with you and be with you and minister with you to see this community changed by the love of God. You're the only church I've ever heard of that planted another church one mile away. <laughs> and I love them both. I'm jealous now. I want to do exactly the same thing. I want to be just like... Joe and I want to be just like Joe. But it's not about what I think. Let's get into the Word of God. And let me show you what's happening here in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 21. Paul welcomes the Ephesian church like he does in every letter. And he, 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 he says, hey, listen, this is the thing. You guys, you guys are, are, are partakers 
of salvation. You're partakers in the things of God. You're, you're people who have found this revelation of who God is and what he has for them. And now, now you have an inheritance. Now you have an opportunity in front of you. And Paul says this in Ephesians 1, starting in verse 15, he says this. He says, for this reason, because he knows who they are and they have the love of God in their life and they've achieved this kind of salvation by God's grace. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in God's holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, every name that is invoked not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. I didn't see anything about my job promotion in that promise. I didn't see anything about my six pack that I've been praying for since I was 16 years old in those promises. I didn't see anything about my emotional health. I didn't see anything about my personal life. But what I see in that passage is something that I don't see outside of this man right here, and that's why I love your pastor so much. I see something in him that I don't see in most people, and it's the promise that Paul says in front of us over and over and over again. He says, I pray that his incomparably great power for us who believe that power is the same mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. That power exists in me. That power exists in you. But I think the great reality of our personal lives, and maybe you're different, I don't think that you are. On my, on my Wednesday nights when I come to Dallas, Texas and I sit in this worship and I get around the people and I, and I, I hear the word preached and I, I, I have a moment outside of my normal everyday life, I can believe that that power is for me. But when I wake up on Thursday morning and my alarm clock goes off two hours earlier than I wanted it to and my phone is just too far away for me to get that snooze button and it falls off of my side table and then I have to get up out of bed and I have to get that phone in my hand before my wife wakes up and punches me in the head. <laughs> when my day starts out like that, the simplest little things take me off course. I can believe in this moment that God's power resides on the inside of me, but I cannot seem to take it with me as I walk forward and Paul says, this is what I want you to know. He says, I pray for you. I've never stopped praying for you that you might 
know the power that God has for you. Then he goes back in Ephesians chapter two and he starts talking to them about how the grace of God has saved them, how they were once far away and now they're close, how they once had a different kind of life and now they've been saved. Paul talks all the time about living a life worthy of the gospel and he's expounding this to the Ephesians. And then in Ephesians chapter three, starting in verse 14, he says this, and I love these words. He says, for this reason, because he's found out that they've got the truth of God, because he's understood that they've, found salvation, that their lives have been transformed, and now they're included in the community of God. They once weren't even Jews. They had no inheritance. They had no promise. But now they have inclusion in the community. And Paul says, for this reason, he says, I fall to my knees and I thank God. He says, because I've heard about what God has done in your life, and the inheritance that you now possess. This is the Apostle Paul. And listen, he's talking to the Ephesians who I don't think he ever met, but right now he's talking to you. And he's saying, because I've heard of what God has made possible through Jesus Christ to be made manifest, be made physically present, be made real, realer than this podium in your life. Because of that, Paul says, I fall to my knees. I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with knowledge. Nope. They may strengthen you with wisdom. Nope. They may strengthen you with biblical studies. Nope. They may strengthen you with worship. Nope. They may strengthen you with a next steps program. Nope. They may strengthen you with a with a church service. Nope, they may strengthen you with lunch with a pastor. Nope, they may strengthen you with carbs. Nope, I wish he said that, but he didn't. He said, maybe they may strengthen you with power. With power for living. This is not an academic exercise that we're engaging in. This is not, this is not a performance that I want to press into your world so that for a few moments you can have a dopamine release so your serotonin levels can shift and you can find in this one hour preach, maybe 40 minutes, a certain sense of empowerment that can build you up just a little bit so that for the next day or two, you'll feel like I can get my shoulders back and believe that God has a plan for my life. I don't want that for you. What I want is for you to get a picture tonight of a God who loves you so much that he doesn't from a distance, like every other religion in the world, from a distance dole out little blessings in your life here and there, but instead he resides on the inside of you. And, God, and Paul prays that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that... Listen, whenever there's a so that, you need to know that. Whenever you see a so that when you're reading scripture, you need to know that. So always stop, highlight it, and wait. Just keep, say, God, help me understand what it is you want me to believe because God, Jesus did something so that I might have something. I need to figure out what this is. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray, being rooted and established in that love, that you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge.
that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Can I just stop for a second? Paul doesn't say that you can know the love of God. He, he could say that, but he doesn't say that. He's, he says that you'd have the power to understand how wide, how long, how high, and how deep. He's saying there's a dimensional aspect of this promise for your life, a dimensional aspect of this outpouring into your inner being that can't be described with one dimension, can't be described with two dimensions, can't be described with three dimensions. You have to expand every area of your heart and your mind and your life to comprehend just how big this thing is because then he goes on to say, Listen to this. He goes on to say that you may know how high, how high, how wide, how long, how deep is the love of Christ and to know that this love that surpasses knowledge. What? To know this love that surpasses knowledge. How do you know a love that surpasses your knowledge? How is that possible? How can I understand something that is unknowable? How can I grasp something that is ungraspable? How can I know something that is unknowable, that surpasses knowledge? But Paul says, I want you to understand how deep is the love of God for you. Oh, I don't think I'm worthy. Well, here's the beautiful thing. You absolutely aren't. <laughs> Except that Christ died for you and made you worthy but you don't know what I've done. I don't need to know what you've done. I know what Christ has done for you. You don't know where I've been. I don't need to know where you've been. I know where Christ has been and sits now at the right hand of the Father with his eye and his heart on you, knowing you. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, every hair that would be on your head, he loved you enough to consider you and create you. People say, God didn't have one of you and he needed one of you, so he made one of you. That is just not true. God doesn't need you at all. God wants you. And that is so much deeper a love at that level. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. Well, I know what he wants to do. Immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. Well, I get it. Immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his, here it is again, his knowledge, his wisdom, his worship, his, no, here's the word. And this is the word I want you to walk away with tonight. You don't have to remember the, the, the little prince Thing. You don't have to remember the worship songs. You don't have to remember any of that. This is the word. I, this is what I want you to walk away with: power. According to his power that is work within the church. Nope. His power that is work within Dallas. Nope. His power that is work in the history of Christianity. Nope. His power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church, and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations, forever and ever. Paul falls on his knees because you have this capacity. 
He's a, he's a Jew with an understanding of all the history of Judaism, all the history of God's chosen people. None of them had this opportunity, and you today have this opportunity. What he sees God doing in your life, every one of the prophets longed to have the advantage of, and they didn't have it. But you, Sally, Joe, Bob, Nancy, Bill, you have this power at your disposal in your life. The question is, do you know how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is for you? When you walked in the doors, what was your expectation tonight? What was your expectation that you would walk away with? Did you expect that God would touch your life? That God would touch your heart? Because listen, you, you, you can't do anything about last night because last night's over. And, and really, you have no control over tomorrow night because tomorrow night hasn't happened yet. You're not guaranteed anything about tomorrow night. Who knows what's gonna happen between now and then? The world could go crazy or your car could just break down or maybe you'll just get hungry and decide to stay home. I don't know. You can't do anything about last night, you can't do anything about tomorrow night, but man, you can make a massive difference in your life tonight. <laughs> you can make a massive difference in your life tonight. I know, no, you don't know. <laughs> That's what I want you to understand tonight. I want you to know that which surpasses knowledge. I want you to understand the God who's able to do immeasurably more than anything you could ever ask or imagine possible. Oh, I know, pastor, what he can do. You don't know what he can do. I'm not trying to tell you what I think. I'm trying to tell you what I know because I read the word. It says, beyond anything we would ever ask or imagine possible for our own lives. So tonight we have the opportunity to shift into the unknowing. We have the opportunity to shift into the impossible, an opportunity to shift into the reality that says that I have understanding, I have thoughts, I have ideas, I have visions of what I believe possible in my life with God. But listen, the apostle Paul says what he really wants to do in you, the real depth of his love for you and what he wants to accomplish in your life goes beyond anything you could ever ask or imagine possible. So open up your mind. Don't think about building a ship. Don't think about building a program. Don't think about building a structure. Think about lifting up your eyes to see the image of the God who loves you beyond comprehension. This love that surpasses knowledge that you may know something that's unknowable. How do you do that? Through revelation of the heart. So we need to shift because God has something for us. So we better get out of our hands. You know, I'm sitting here worshiping on Tuesday night and Elizabeth's up here clapping along with a song. I can't clap and sing at the same time. I can barely clap by itself. I can't, I definitely can't sing. When I sit next to someone, I'm either gonna let it go because I, I know that they love me or I'm gonna just lip sync for a little bit because I'm, I, I, I let my breath do the work but I can't say the words because you won't be able to worship if I'm singing next to you and I don't want to be held accountable for that in heaven. Well, I was, I was on the edge of salvation and Pastor Jeff started singing next to me and I was totally distracted. I grew up Methodist and the beginning of the Methodist hymnal, the very first page, it says John Wesley's rules for worship. And one of those rules is don't be a spectacle. Don't be a distraction to anyone else. 
So I try to take my worship up to the point where I know I'll be a distraction. So if I'm clapping and Pastor Joe stops clapping, I stop clapping. <laughs> because I, my, my clapping is gonna be like a distraction to everyone around me. But beyond that, I better get my hands out. I better get my posture right. I better get to the edge of everything. You don't like that song, it doesn't matter. I'm gonna raise my hands anyway. You don't like that scripture, it doesn't matter. I'm gonna dive in anyway. You don't wanna talk about Revelation last night? Nobody wanna talk about Revelation last night, but we dove in anyway, and Pastor Jay gave us one of the best words. If you weren't here last night, you need to listen to that word online. It was incredible. You don't wanna go to a service at the Episcopal renovation over there at noon tomorrow because you've got a lunchable, I'm telling you, cancel it. God has more for your life as you press into him yes. over and over and over and over. And listen, you can't do anything about yesterday. You can't do anything about tomorrow. But what you can do is right now make a decision that you're gonna unashamedly, like Pastor Jake said, get out of your box and be more undignified than you've ever been to get after the goodness of God that wants to reside on the inside of you in the land of your living. Here's our problem is that we just, we just have a different expectation. This is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1, 17 through 25. He says, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Paul says, listen, I'm a, I'm a fantastic orator. I'm a fantastic litigator. I can convince you of anything. He said, but I'm not coming with eloquent words because the thing is, it's not about me convincing you. It's about the power of God being made manifest in the gap. He says, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to those who are saved, it's the power of God. Yeah. Listen to this, but to us who are being saved... Paul, to us who are being saved. He doesn't say saved. He says being saved. In the New Testament, salvation is a past, a present, and a future tense verb. Yes, you have been saved. Yes, you are being saved. Yes, you will be saved. But the sanctification of our souls goes on and on and on. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made the foolish, made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. Golly, what are you talking about, Paul? It pleased God through the folly of what we preach. It pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demanded signs. Greeks seek wisdom. Methodists sought processes. Pentecostals sought fill in the blank. <laughs> but we preach Christ crucified. We preach Christ crucified. He's in a Roman area. He's in a Colossian area. He's in a Corinthian city. And he's saying, I need to tell you about this guy who was on death row, who the Romans put to death because he's the salvation of the world. It was ridiculous. But Paul refused to change the message because 
He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it's the power of God for the salvation of those who believe. But we preach Christ crucified. It's a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. What are you talking about that Christ was crucified, the Jews would say. Christ was to come and save us. What are you talking about Christ was crucified, the Greeks would say. How can a man who's dead do anything for me now? Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God is what Paul is preaching. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Our problem is we've lost our expectation. The good news is we can get it back right here tonight. The problem is we've lost our idea of what's possible with God. We, we, we've sunk our level down to the idea that what's possible with God is possible Simply in the average working of the church. What's possible with God is what's possible with Joe. What's possible with God is what's possible with Jeff. Man, I hope this meeting is good tonight. I hope the worship is good and the preaching is good. And that's fine. But I hope the power of God is made manifest in your life tonight. I don't want to preach good. I want the power of God to move in your world. Because our problem is our expectations are just a little bit off. Our problem is the Genesis problem. Our problem is the Corinthian problem. Our problem is a human problem. We think that we know better. Did he not say? Didn't the Lord say that you couldn't eat from any of the trees of the garden? Man, he just doesn't want you to have a good life. I mean, listen, if you would just, listen, this makes more sense. Try it this way. And isn't that what the world teaches us all the time? Isn't that what our friends would tell us? Yeah, go to that church, just don't get crazy. Go to that Pentecostal church, go to that charismatic church, go to that power of God church with Joe and Nancy Martin. But listen, just take it all in moderation. Just, just chill out a little bit. Just don't make your whole life about this thing. But God desires for every person in this place to experience a love of God that is beyond our knowledge. It's, it's sanctity before it's service. It's holiness before it's what's happening around you. It's expectation before it's experience. And I wanna have goosebumps in worship too, but what I really want is to get changed from the inside out. What I really want is for God to be made manifest, to be made real, to made right in my world. But our expectations tend to get just a little bit off. We want to use God like a power switch. God, when I need you, I'll turn you on. When I don't need you, I'll turn you off. But the gospel doesn't say that we use God. The gospel says that God will decide to use us as a tool for his righteousness, as a tool for his gospel as a tool for his hope for the whole world. And when we, when we switch that idea on its head, that we want to engage with the power of God versus allowing the power of God to engage with us, welcome him into our worlds. We will discover a brand new kind of a life, a salvation journey that doesn't stop on one service in 1985 when I raised my hand and I went forward to an altar and since then, I've just been kind of doing the same thing over and over. 
God desires tonight to make you like brand new. And my pastor, Pastor Phil Pringle, he says this all the time. He says, you need to pour water on the altar. When Elijah was going up against all the prophets of Baal, and they were trying to call down fire from heaven, and the prophets of Baal are trying to get fire to come down, and he's making fun of them. He's like, oh, is your God asleep? Maybe he's on vacation. Maybe you should shout a little louder. And then it's Elijah's turn, and the first thing he does is he pours water all over the altar, which if you know, if you're a human being, you know, if you want to create fire, the last thing you want to do is pour water all over the altar. But he says, this isn't going to be about my thing. This isn't going to be about some magic trick. This isn't going to be about some human endeavor. If God can bring fire from heaven, this water is not going to make one hill of beans worth of difference. The worship was amazing. And honestly, if Pastor Joe had given me permission, I probably just would have said, hey, listen, altar call right now. Let's all come forward. But what I need you to know is, what I need you to see is, is that it's not about good songs and it's not about good preaching. Paul says, I didn't come to you with wise words. I didn't come to you with powerful preaching. I came to you simply with the power of God and you were changed. So today, rely again on an expectation that the power of God is gonna move in your world and you will find a brand new kind of life you never knew possible before. Can you get the band to come back up? As before we close out this service, and listen, I preached half of my message here. I guess I got half of it sitting on my, on my notebook. I'm gonna ask you to step out of your seat tonight. Not because I preached a good message, not because the worship was fantastic, not because of whatever song they're gonna play now, not because of an expectation that all their calls are the way to go, because I want you to lead differently than when you walked in. I want you to lead different than when you walked in. I want you to raise your hand. I want you to walk out of your seat. I want you to come down to the front and I want you to invite the power of God to be made manifest in your life. And this is what I'm asking. Listen, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not suggesting to you that maybe if you want a little more of God, that you should come down. I'm saying if you want God to move in your life, I'm asking you to step out of your seat. I want to lay hands on you. I want to call the team forward. I want to lay hands on you. I want them to ask them to impart something into your world. Because listen, the power of God, the love of God, how long, how high, how wide, and how deep. He says, I pray that you would have the power to know how much he loves you. If we can paint that picture, step out of our seat and ask him, ask him for a revelation of his goodness, a revelation of his love, and a revelation, an image, a picture of what he wants to do in our lives, then I believe tonight, just like the Apostle Paul, who was taken off of his mount and changed forever, in one moment, on a journey. I believe in this moment on your journey, you absolutely can be changed forever by the goodness and the love of God. Simply by stepping out of your seat and saying, it's not about what I think, it's not about what I feel, it's not about what I've 
done. It's about who I know my God is and what I know is possible with him tonight. Thank you for tuning in today. If you'd like to dive deeper into today's message, go to trinitydallas.com forward slash sermons to receive your copy of the notes. If today's message encouraged you, do someone else a favor and share it with them. Also be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. A special shout out to all those who partner with us through their giving. Your contributions have enabled us to touch the lives of people in our community, as well as around the globe. Visit us at trinitydallas.com forward slash give to partner with what God is doing through Trinity Dallas. God bless.